You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported. Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Cade Young. And I'm Sydney Foreman. This is the WFHB Local News for Friday, April 24th, 2020. Later in the program, WFHB correspondent Katrine Bruner talks to Cardinal Spirits Distillery about their local effort to distill hand sanitizer for free. Also coming up in the next half hour, WFHB's Alex Deirder talks to the owner of Buffalooies to provide an insight on how local businesses are impacted by the coronavirus. But first, your local headlines. Indiana State Department of Health reports an additional 656 people infected with coronavirus. The announcement came this morning, bringing the total positive case count to 13,680 people. The state reported another 35 new deaths, marking the state death toll at 741 people. According to the state health department, the state rolled out new testing efforts. Over 3,500 new people were tested. State testing now expands to over 75,000 people. ISDH Health Commissioner Christina Box said she wants 6,000 people to be tested every day in Indiana. IndyStar reports a lack of testing efforts will prove as a challenge. A social distance Earth Day rally took place in Fountain Square on Wednesday. Protesters from Extinction Rebellion and other activist groups wore masks while protesting six feet apart. According to the Action Network, this protest was titled COVID and Climate Flatten Both Curves, which took place Wednesday at noon. On their Facebook page, Extinction Rebellion Bloomington describes themselves as, quote, an alliance of people taking nonviolent direct action to demand net zero by 2025 in response to the climate emergency, end quote. The event was streamed live on Facebook, a part of a global three-day mobilization to stop the climate emergency. Indiana Public Media reported Indiana restaurants are estimated to lose almost $1 billion in April alone. Since the stay-at-home order issued a month ago by Governor Eric Holcomb, restaurants were forced to switch to carry-out services only. In turn, restaurants cut back employees' hours and even let employees go in order to cut costs. Meanwhile, as the nation experienced record numbers of unemployment, the death toll continues to rise. All the while, Public officials are working to reopen businesses. The March 1st Gallery Walk has been canceled. Bloomington locals have enjoyed experiencing local artist work, up and coming or well-known, for years during their first Friday gallery walks. In light of the COVID-19 pandemic, the gallery opening event for March was announced canceled on Wednesday, April 22nd. A press release from Bloomington Gallery Walk says, quote, As an organization, Gallery Walk is committed to honoring and implementing best practices in terms of operations and prevention of COVID-19 as suggested by the CDC, Indiana University, and other government and community health organizations, end quote. The release says the organization will decide at a later point if the June gallery walk will occur. 
The Tyson Fresh Meats plant in Logansport announced it will temporarily close its doors after 146 employees tested positive for COVID-19. The company said it produces 3 million pounds of pork per day. Two employees of an Indianapolis nursing home died from novel coronavirus. State regulators are investigating the coronavirus-related deaths. The case is the first publicly acknowledged death of a healthcare worker related to COVID-19 in the state. Indy Star reports for the second time this week, state health officials warned that a technology issue has led to lower new case and new test counts than expected. Hunter Bloomington Properties removed washers, dryers, and other appliances from its apartments after residents were unable to make rent payments. According to the Indiana Daily Student, washers and dryers were taken from tenants in the Bloom Apartments complex because they haven't paid April rent and haven't responded to emails asking them to set up rent payments. The property management firm walked back this move after pressure on social media. Honor Properties called it a mistake. The City of Bloomington has partnered with CTC Technology and Energy to conduct a city equity community survey to assess how residents use internet services. According to a city press release, 6,500 random households will receive a survey in the mail. This survey will, quote, identify broadband service needs and gaps in the community, including those related to access, affordability, digital literacy, and device ownership and develop a strategic plan for mitigating those gaps to improve internet accessibility and affordability for Bloomington residents, end quote. The survey is estimated to take approximately 15 minutes and can be mailed back to the city with an included prepaid return envelope by May 20th. Up next, Braden Lentz reports on polling locations that will be greatly reduced for the upcoming primary election. For more on the story, we turn to Braden Lentz. The 2020 Indiana primary will look different for many Hoosiers this year in response to the COVID-19 outbreak. To stop the spread, Monroe County officials are greatly reducing the precinct voting locations only for the rescheduled June 2nd primary. For the primary to work, the Herald Times stated, quote, as part of the Indiana Elections Commission's order on Friday, precinct-based counties such as Monroe County can consolidate adjacent precincts for the upcoming primary election to protect the public and poll workers on Election Day during the pandemic, end quote. Paul Turner, the Republican Party representative and chair of the Monroe County Election Board, says that election officials are hoping to consolidate as much of these 34 Monroe County precincts as they can and is appropriate in response to the coronavirus. According to the Herald Times, Turner said, quote, officials have a target of reducing the number of precinct locations to at least five, adding they are working with the state to ensure their consolidation effort is in compliance with all required laws, end quote. Monroe County Election Supervisor Karen Wheeler said in an email that voters will need to go to their assigned polling location. Many ideas have been addressed regarding voting locations, including Edgewood High School, University Elementary School, St. John's Catholic Church, Bedford Elementary, Genesis Church, Monroe County Election Central, the Indian Creek Fire Station, and Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. 
Wheeler says these locations will be the main spots for polling. She is still waiting for MCCSC to hold voting sites at district schools. Another major problem in this year's election is the need for volunteer helpers and election staff. In years past, many of these workers between the ages of 55 and older are the most vulnerable at risk of getting the coronavirus. Now, according to Turner, he is encouraging volunteer opportunities for younger people to participate through the election process. Turner said the Republican Party is in dire need of help more than years past. There are more options weighing on the table for those in Monroe County, but the option to vote absentee is a highly recommended option. According to the Monroe County Chief Deputy Clerk Teresa Martin, she says the parties want the ability to scan ballots as voters come in. Even with rules being loosened for this primary, scanning ballots early might conflict with current Indiana law, but Monroe County is looking for different options. For WFHB, I am Braden Lentz. Stay safe. Bloomington Transit held a virtual COVID-19 question and answer meeting on April 17th. During the meeting, Planning and Special Projects Manager Zach Hunick said sanitation equipment is used on all active buses. Uh, as soon as this all started back in early March, we uh, went ahead and purchased some uh, specialized cleaning equipment, disinfecting equipment. This is, it's an electrostatic sprayer that we spray down all the buses every night to disinfect every bus. And then vehicle swaps between shifts every day. So a new bus, every time a driver goes out to start a new shift in the afternoon, uh, they're getting a new clean vehicle. So, Hunick said both disposable and washable face masks have been provided to all drivers and are encouraged to wear them. Community member Denise Valkyrie asked customer service manager Eli McCormick about the driver's health. So yeah, our RM drivers are, are all doing well as far as we know. Um, and uh, we don't pressure them at all to, you know, work if they feel uncomfortable or feel like they need to be home taking care of people or, or just staying away. So we, we would have a lot of drivers who are, who are um, taking absence, taking a leave of absence or um, using paid, paid time off. Um, to um, stay away and, you know, prevent the spread. Hunick said Bloomington Transit has relaxed all employee absentee policies. McCormick said all drivers are being paid time and a half as a result of cutback hours. He said this allows drivers to end up with approximately a regular work schedule's wage. Coronavirus has swept every headline in every newspaper in the United States. Through the tragedy, some people are beginning to talk about the good news in the world. Inspired by the likes of Some Good News with John Krasinski, Braden Lentz promises to provide good news for our WFHB listeners. Every Friday, listen to Braden discuss outstanding topics of good in the world and in Monroe County. Today's topic involves individuals providing accessible needs such as toilet paper and masks. Here's Braden Lentz with some positive news. Around the United States, we have seen protests to reopen the country and governments working feverishly on solutions to provide help for states in need. However, there are so many innocent people, MCCSC and Texas Roadhouse, doing their part to lend a helping hand in times of crisis. According to Lizzie Allen from the Bloomington South Optimist newspaper, junior Naomi Charlesworth participated in the Bloomington Mask Drive, an organization of Bloomington residents making reusable fabric and face masks to be distributed to essential workers. Although she learned how to use a sewing machine about three weeks ago, she started working on the project along with Indianapolis residents on April 3rd. 
heard. According to Charlesworth, making these masks comes by request and love. Quote, anyone can request masks and they're free, but they are distributed based on priority or exposure. Only the best quality ones are given to healthcare providers to ensure their safety. But all the masks are distributed and used by someone. End quote. Last week, Mrs. Mary Alice Ricker, a fourth grade teacher from Child Elementary School, was greeted with a warming surprise from her 27 students. A parade near her house at Bryant Park. Following the social distancing protocols, students wore masks, stayed in their cars, and held up signs saying, We miss you, Mrs. Rickert. The teacher was soon moved to tears with every car passing by. According to the Herald Times, she says, quote, This is the most amazing thing anyone has ever done for me. End quote. At Cardinal Spirits Brewery, the company is now churning substances that once made alcoholic beverages are now making hand sanitizer. The company posted to its website a mathematical approach to concocting the sanitizer that could easily be made with home products. For example, it takes, quote, for one sanitizer, 10 liters of GNS, 2 liters of mineral oil, and 1.5 liters of RO water. End quote. On the website cardinalspirits.com, there are steps to making additional cleaners with coconut oil and glycerin. Finally, King Brothers Dairy, a 140-year-old family-owned milk delivery company in New York State, has been providing only delivery orders months before the coronavirus, are now getting a doubled boost in profits with a high demand of local grocery stores to sell oak, soil, and 2% milk climbing existentially, with some customers being put on hold. The milk company had something else to offer besides dairy, money. The company has donated money to provide milk for all grocery stores. From WFHB, I am Braden Lentz, and you all stay safe. Up next, WFHB's news correspondent Alex Deirdre talks to the owner of Buffalooies to investigate how local businesses are impacted in the wake of COVID-19. We turn to Alex Deirdre for more on the story. Co-owners Ed and Jamie Schwartzman opened the doors to Buffalooies in 1987, equipped with family recipes and personal hands-on management. It didn't take long for the Wings Place to become a staple among not just IU students, but the community of Bloomington as well. Fast forward 30 years, Buffalooies' world was turned upside down in the most unprecedented of ways, and they are not alone. As of last week, 31 Bloomington local businesses completed an application for a loan meant to help businesses get through the coming months from the city. Bloomington Mayor John Hamilton said another 100 local businesses are also working on their applications for money from the fund. The pandemic that has swept the world has left many businesses on edge. Ed Schwartzman shares Buffalo's course of action to keep their noses above water when the Indiana stay-at-home ordinance was announced. So our business model has always been um, that we have dine-in, but we also have delivery and pickup. So we were fortunate because a lot of our customers already knew uh, us as a delivery and pickup place and had our had our phone number saved in their in their their speed dial. So um, we quickly pivoted, shut down the dining room, made an announcement that we're waiving the delivery fee. We made an announcement that we are no longer going to use third party delivery drivers, which um, was not something that. Um, we did lightly because we, we have some very solid relationships with third-party delivery companies. 
and um, but we felt that it, it was a good uh, position to take for our customers to know that there's one less set of hands handling it. Understanding there's no guarantee of anything, but one less set of hands means more control. So we um, uh, eliminated the delivery fee. We eliminated using third-party delivery drivers. Went to a curbside pickup system, um, which for the most part is working very well. There's been some hiccups and growing pains, as you, as you would expect. But overall, <clears throat> that's what we did. And um, we've been able to keep our nose above water, which... In this market, your nose above water is like being up 40% in the real world. As with any business transition, there have been a few bumps along the way. Regarding curbside, that was a challenge for us because, you know, we're used to people walking in, picking up a bag, you know, a to-go bag. We much prefer, I mean, in normal times, 75% of our business, they dine in the restaurant. And dining in the restaurant, it's a heck of a lot easier for me to bring you your food, it's a heck of a lot easier for me to address a mistake. I forgot a French fry. I forgot a ranch. You know, putting it in the bag and running it out the door, finding your Chevy Impala, and then you drive away, it's a lot different. Just as with many Bloomington restaurants, social media innovations have been at the forefront of business pickup and delivery to ensure efficiency both in and out the restaurant doors. It's been a le- there's been a learning curve. Um, we created a texting system so that everyone who orders gets a text from us. We just unleashed a brand new mobile app, which is really helping. So now people can order on their app instead of calling up the store. So there's a lot more um, deficiencies in that where they don't have to, I don't need somebody answering the phone. They can be bagging up orders instead of taking orders. It, it, it's working. I mean, we, we've had our, we've definitely had our missteps, but if we have, uh, let's say, 100 cars in a night pull up, I would say 95 of them are pulling up. If we tell them their food's going to be ready at a certain time, it's out within five minutes, and, and they're, they're on their way. You know, 3 4% we still have a challenge with, but people are so understanding in this environment, so understanding. But the business was not the only thing on the Schwartzman couple's minds. So when they announced the shutdown, my wife, who has a heart of gold, said to me that because the schools are closed, she was very concerned about the students from MCCSC not getting their free lunch or partially free lunch because there's a lot of kids in this community who qualify for free or partially free lunch. And she knew that with the school closed, that they would not be getting their lunch. So we put it out on Facebook and social media that any child in Monroe County who qualified for a free or partially free lunch, we would feed you no questions asked. And we started that on a Monday. The first Monday, basically, of the shutdown. And we probably had about 75 uh, children that we fed on Monday. And by Friday, we were probably up to about 250 with about 150 households. Um, and um, and by that Friday, my wife had put together a plan with our, our main food provider, which is Gordon Foods. Basically, every family on Friday got a grocery bag to sustain them for the weekend. And that bag included a five-pound tub of peanut butter, a loaf of white bread, tuna fish, mac and cheese, protein bars, lots of good quality stuff to sustain them. Over the past couple of months, there has been a surge in the community to provide emergency meals to students and their families. Right across the street from Buffaloes, six groups on IU's campus alone have created projects to ensure these community members get what they need. We drop off a van load, and I mean a van load stuffed to the gills with no seats in it. Picture a giant minivan 
filled with, with just boxes. <clears throat> and we dropped this over the Boys and Girls Club. It's mainly for the Crestmont community. And so we do that every Friday. And a lot of that is because of, uh, A, I mean, we spend our own money, but B, we could do more because we have received donations, which we were not soliciting, but we keep getting them. So um, it's really been an amazing, amazing experience. One that, uh, you know, I wish we weren't going through, but I'm grateful that uh, it's playing out this way. When asked where he sees this Bloomington staple after things go back to more quote-unquote normal, Schwartzman can only look forward. Well, of course, the first question is, what is more normal? You know, obviously, it's trending back to where we were. And, I, you know, I worry, will we ever get back to where we were? I think eventually, but I think that's going to be a long, slow process. So, I, like, I don't know what's going to happen this fall with college football and basketball. I worry about that. But I can only control what I can control. So, from our perspective, we are going to keep the curbside pickup. We're going to continue to focus on delivery as well because we feel that those are two areas that are going to continue to grow and that market's not going to get softer. And then as far as dining, if dining picks up, that will be a blessing, you know, of the highest magnitude. But I'm not counting on it, you know, for a while. We're only, you know, we can only focus on what we can control. So we're going to continue to make curbside better, continue to make delivery better. We're, we're doing some remodeling in the restaurant right now to, you know, make it a little, look a little brighter, a little cleaner. we got a lot of cleaning projects going on. And now, more than ever, the community-centered Buffaloes leans on each other with positivity and hope for what's to come. We're just trying to, we're staying positive. The staff has is, um, is, uh, been phenomenal. Our crew is, the morale is very high. It's kind of like we're in a foxhole. And if you're in a foxhole, you know, with your fellow soldiers, you've got to get along because there's nowhere else to go but in the foxhole. And um, so the morale on our team is really high, and I'm just grateful for what we have. For WFHB, I'm Alex Dieterer. For our last feature report, WFHB correspondent Katrine Bruner reports on Cardinal Spirits Distillery, as the distillery offers hand sanitizer for free. Katrine Bruner has more. On March 23rd, Indiana's Governor Holcomb announced the official stay-at-home order for Hoosiers. During this time, many citizens were experiencing the typical reactions of a global crisis, shock, terror, and most of all, panic. The announcement of most local businesses being forced to close, at least for contact service, were made prior to the stay-at-home order on March 16th, so many restaurants and bars experienced the panic of not being open for sit-down orders, the main way owners make their livelihood. As a college town, Bloomington has been known for their service, especially in bars. With the forced shutdown of all the local bars, people worried not only for sources of products, but even the social interactions that would be lost. As a result of this, and to help bring the community together through everything, Cardinal Spirits Distillery, off the Beeline Trail in Bloomington, decided to begin making hand sanitizer for citizens to get for free, asking only for donations, if possible, to help employees during the pandemic. This proved to be a great way of keeping the community safe and connected while also continuing to support local businesses. President and co-founder of Cardinal Spirits, Jeff Wooslick, spoke on what the business has been doing to help reduce the panic and provide aid to the community. He said that since the stay-at-home order was put in place, the distillery's tasting room has shut down and they have moved to just carry out orders for cocktails and bottles. They include a free bottle of hand sanitizer with every purchase. However, the orders for hand sanitizer alone have been the most demanded product from them. Wooslick stated, quote, we've been really ramping up on our hand sanitizer, end quote. 
Cardinal Spirits customers now range from local people needing a couple of ounce bottles to businesses and organizations getting 20 to 1,000 gallons of the hand sanitizer in preparation for the virus, Wooslick said. The hand sanitizer recipe comes from the FDA with 80% alcohol by volume. Posted on their webpage, Cardinal Spirits has their recipe on how they are making the sanitizer, but primarily they say it is made from alcohol and emollient. Just north of Bloomington, Hotel Tango Distillery in Indianapolis has already donated over 2,000 bottles of hand sanitizer to local organizations as well in efforts to help out. Across the country in Vancouver, Washington Quartz Mountain Distillery was another place to make changes to their product line. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention noted that if soap and water are not available at hand, a hand sanitizer containing at least 60% alcohol would suffice. As for the history of hand sanitizer and how it became popular, the product was first introduced in 1966 to be used in medical settings such as hospitals and healthcare facilities. The goal was to provide a sufficient and less time-consuming alternative to removing germs and bacteria from the skin. Hand sanitizers were made popular in the early 1990s, especially from the American brand Purell. During the 2000s, hospitals gradually began using hand sanitizers diligently, placing pumps throughout medical facilities around the world. Aside from healthcare facilities, consumer sales of hand sanitizer first spiked amidst the H1N1 swine flu, which infected more than 60 million people in the U.S. alone during the year 2009. Whether it was from fear or from recommendation, hand sanitizer sales went up by 70% in the U.S. during the period of the swine flu pandemic. Since the COVID-19 outbreak began in January, sales of hand sanitizers swelled across several international markets. According to CNBC, U.S. consumers have spent hundreds of millions of dollars on hand sanitizer each year now. Globally, the market for hand sanitizer products could top $2.1 billion by 2027, according to one estimate by Fior Markets. Purchases of the disinfectant have skyrocketed in the U.S. since the first case of the virus hit the country. Currently, big alcohol producers such as Anheuser-Busch and Pernod Ricard have begun producing hand sanitizer to donate to hospitals and government health agencies. Jeff Wooslick from Cardinal Spirits expressed his thoughts on what the future will look like for the distillery and other lines of business, stating, quote, Until there's a reasonable vaccine, we're in a really interesting system, end quote. He explained that things will be different even after the panic has died down. People may need to be checked before going into restaurants and businesses, and things will most likely be sanitized and kept cleaner than before. But as Wooslick stated, people and businesses won't know how things will be until the panic has subsided from a solution or an aid to this pandemic. For WFHB, I'm Katrine Brunner. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Jasmine White, Cade Young, and Sydney Foreman in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our features were produced by Braden Lentz, Alex Dieter, and Katrine Bruner. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Our executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Sydney Foreman. And I'm Cade Young. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent local news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast as well as other WFHB news programming online at WFHB.org. You can be a part of our award-winning news team. For more information about joining our volunteer team of citizen journalists, email news at WFHB.org. Stay tuned for KiteLine. 
a program amplifying the voices of those within Indiana's prison system. Coming up next on WFHB. Listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 